0: a level-headed on the road to alcohol, and I was just a soldier on way to What's up? Welcome to
1: episode number two of the From Here, It's Potable podcast. I am joined, as always, by Brandon Solis. This week, we have a special guest, Ben Golan, recruiting analyst and staff writer at sports.com He shares his thoughts on some camps that he's attended in DFW recently, some kids that tech fans should pay attention to, as well as some recruiting nuggets that you're definitely going to want to wait till the end to hear. Uh, We'll also be talking about my Rico Jeffers video and the linebacking unit as a whole. Um, And we have some Kirby audio and just the whole state of college football we're going to dive into, as well as uh, breaking down the Big 12 quarterbacks. So let's get started. All right,
2: Brandon, back for round two. I didn't scare you off. No, we, we lasted. You know, I'm, I'm I'm really happy. It looks like we got some good feedback. We got uh, a lot of good feedback for the name. Yeah, uh, the name was except one guy. We're not. You're not gonna call him out, but you know, I, I, the name is awesome. I, yeah, uh, but uh, the yeah, the name is staying. Yes, the name is staying. We already had an artist
1: do the, the, out of the cover art, so yeah, we're already in I'm debt, not paying man. for we can't. another cover <laughs> art, so that's, that's how it's going to be.
2: But no, yeah, Taylor, thanks for having me again. Episode two. I'm really excited to what you what you have planned for us. I'm really excited yeah, for that. Yeah,
1: this should be good. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, I made a Rico Jeffers video for the site. He was added to the Buckus Award watch list. So I thought it would be appropriate to kind of do a deep dive on his game, what he does well, what he can do better for next year as he slides into that Mike linebacker role as we assume that he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you watch the video, what stood out to you or just about Jeffers in general?
2: Uh, I'll start out with saying uh, no Jordan Brooks. Uh, it's kind of hard not to watch him sometimes when, when you <laughs> see him on the field. Uh, yes. And you actually can kind of appreciate it now that you know he's he's gone and he what he worked for, he, he obtained, he's in the NFL and then... You got guys like Dakota Allen who were here before him. I I like to include Micah Alway on there. He's a Canadian football guy. Yeah. Um, Dakota Allen and Jordan right. Brooks. Yeah. Now you would assume it's Freako Jefferson. Yeah. I do like what I see out of him. I think he has good speed. Um, I think he's really learning a lot from uh Coach Patterson there, and I really think Kershawn and Brandon Boyer Randall, Kershawn uh, Meriwether, that they're really going to help him in his uh in his development and they're two they're two guys two veterans that they're bringing in two transfers yeah so um i'm really excited to see what he can kind of learn off of them what they can feed off each other but uh, he's going to be asked to do a lot for this team yeah uh, that's the role i mean we yeah. heard
1: patterson and um jordan brooks kind of allude to it in interviews like the whole scheme is set up to funnel plays to that mike linebacker and mm-hmm. he's i mean he's going to be making tackles. Just, so he's got to be he's got to be consistent, which is something that I think suits him better than Dakota Allen or Jordan Brooks. Okay. Because he hasn't missed a game since he's been on campus. Durable. Yes. I mean, and part of that is because he is a physical freak. Mm-hmm. I mean, like
2: he is. you know,
1: Jordan talked about last year him having to put on 20 or so pounds to play this role. He already had the speed, you know, he just had to put on the weight. Rico is not gonna have to do that. He's got the size, he's got the physicality already to withstand being a Mike linebacker. Um, which is why I think he's he's suited for a lot of the, the position that, you know, that Brooks almost had to work more for. Brooks may you know, I would never say that Rico's gonna be better than Brooks, because I don't think that he will, but yeah, I don't think so either. It would be awesome if he was, you yeah. know, but just kind of predicting. Um, but I think that he is suited in ways that better than even Brooks was.
2: Yeah, I think you made a really good point about how it funnels through the middle linebacker there. Because yeah. they kind of make you better in a way. They force you to be better, and they yeah. force you into those situations. Yeah. And everything kind of just flows to him. He's yeah. kind of going to be the, the anchor of that defense, and he's going to... He, I've seen him on the field. You can tell whenever they, they lost to K State. Never, never forget this picture Billy took senior night. Obviously wasn't his senior night, right? But um, you could see the hurt in his eyes. You could tell he's a leader on yeah. the team. Yeah, he does.
1: Since he it seems like since he's been on campus, he's been you know leading pregame chants, mm-hmm. yeah. doing pregame speeches. Kind of. I mean, he's he's the attitude of the defense, and he well, has yeah. been
2: linebacker. You, yeah, right? yeah, no joke. That'll be you,
1: yes, and, and you know he. There is some, you know, being that middle linebacker, he's going to have to, you know, really be focused on the quarterback, which has seemed like, you know, what Brooks did really well was there's so many mobile quarterbacks in the Big 12 that, you know, Brooks a lot of times was used as a spy, and we saw that against Spencer Sanders, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw that against Charlie Brewer, you know, we saw that in several games last year where he just stood out because of how freakishly athletic he was. And I don't, you know, I don't think Rico has that speed, but... You can use angles, mm-hmm. you know. You you can read the, the the offense and get a kind of head start on where you think it's going. Mm-hmm. So just because he doesn't have the speed of Brooks doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to do the job.
2: Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a quick linebacker and quick in his decision making. Quick in his. Here's the angle I got to take, like you mentioned, and uh, I, I love a good spying linebacker. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing like seeing kind of like that shark mentality, and he's going to go hunt that that quarterback down. Yeah. Hopefully, we can see that kind of aggression. Yes. Come out of him. Yeah. Because he's a nice, nice, really nice guy. I'm not saying he's not going to.
1: He's not nice uh, on the field. I don't yeah.
2: I, yeah. I'm <laughs> hoping he's not. You know, I've seen some plays of his, but that show that he's not. Yeah. But uh, I think just, hey, you're the guy. This is your defense. Uh-huh. Get in his face. Go make a tackle. Yeah. Like, and he's going to be the guy to do it.
1: And one thing that, uh, you know, Jordan Brooks was really good at that Rico needs to improve is, I mean, Jordan Brooks was a missile off yes. bl- on a blitz. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was. He, quick there was step. no stop your best hope was that he was going to out overrun the play like mm-hmm. he was going to blitz and the play is going the other way or he was going to blitz and just miss it because I, you weren't blocking him and um, there were a few times where Rico just kind of buried up into offensive linemen and you know just kind of tried to out physical him yeah when really he should be out using his, ath- his athleticism to get mm-hmm. by them and then there was a couple plays against Baylor where he was given like a good inside fake and then like a a swim move or he has a really good bend around the edge. You know, they always talk about that with defensive ends bending around that tackle uh, and he he does those things well. He just has to do them well consistently.
2: But with, uh, my question, sorry, yeah, no, you're good. we're going kind of going back to Jordan about being a missile. Do we have any plays or do you recall any plays where he, would he always just kind of blitz up the middle? Refresh my memory here. Cause, yeah. Cause I if mean, I'm there, thinking, was,
1: there were times when he they would send him in stunts off the edge, but it was the majority, majority. of the time through the middle.
2: And He had – my point going to this is yeah. he had Broderick Washington. Right. Right, in front of him.
1: And here's where I would say, I think Jalen Hutchins and Tony, and Tony Bradford, Bradford are maybe better
2: you have that. Yeah, he has two compliments up front, yeah. and Eli Howard on the on the edge. Yeah, he is in a good prime spot. Yes. to really excel. Yeah, he and, really um, is. And Jordan Jordan was a hard worker. He yeah. made things happen for him. I think Rico might be in a position where he's like, "Oh, this is coming to me." Yeah, like, and I just need to react, and I need to capitalize on it. Yeah.
1: yeah, You never want to be in a position where you're trying to do other people's jobs. Yeah, that's where you get in trouble. And and I, like I said, I think him being the leader that he is of that defense, I think he'll recognize you know, he'll celebrate guys doing well and he'll recognize like what he needs to do to help the team, the, the defense specifically succeed. You know, I'm not worried about that. And I'm really, I'm not worried about the linebacking core at all. I mean, you mentioned the two transfers, mm-hmm. um, but you also have Tyreek Matthews who played a lot last year and played well for a freshman. And, you know, you have Kosi Eldridge who played on special Kosai. teams. Um, and so I'm not, I mean, you have depth there that you haven't had in years at a spot, you know, and and I was really excited about Xavier Benson. And as proud as I am for him taking care of his mental Mental health, health. which is always comes number one. You know, I'm personally going to be disappointed to not watch him play football, but I'm way more worried about him as a person. So it's great that he's getting that taken care of. I'm just going to miss watching him play because... I think he would have stole one of those spots from those transfers. I think, I think he, he's that good. He
2: would have been a, one of those spur kind of guys, the, right. you know, yeah. the Raider position kind of guys. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you love to see a kid, especially his age, uh, he's a sophomore, uh, kind of put in the forefront his mental health and yeah. say, you know, I know this is a game. And, and good for the coaches that their reaction. I think Coach oh, Wells yeah. said it great. Um, what priority is making mm. sure these guys are good yep. on the field, obviously, but mm-hmm. off the field as well. And that's more important. And that, I mean, that affects your classroom, and that affects your your daily life. So good yeah. for him. But like you said, I was really excited to see him, see him come in here and you know make plays. But cannot blame him for, for taking a step back. And and I mean, it's something we saw last year where the depth at almost seems like every position was yeah. exposed. Yeah. Injuries. Yep. Now you bring in these two transfers. You got coast size still, and uh, you, I'm pretty sure we're forgetting some names, but those names are those are the ones that come come to mind and yeah. Tyreek Matthews, like you mm-hmm. said, those kind of they're all kind of dual trained as well. Yeah. They're cross trained. Yeah. But um but yeah, you're you're kinda comfortable with where, where Adam you're Beck at. played Adam linebacker Be- yeah. last
1: year. and he played awesome. I think those might and, been desperate
2: times, right? But right. still
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, they may like him more at safety, but he was able to come up and play and did well in the Texas game when I was watching, you know, specifically for Rico, which that actually, you know, looking at our 2020 outlook of Rico. Um, and I did a little bit in the video, you know, he, he slid over into that mic roll after Brooks got hurt at the end of the year, um, which is what I think they'll do. You know, I think that's that fits him, and and he did it well. I mean, especially for having basically a week to prepare, you know, and not having a whole off season to to really know that I am going to be leading this defense. I think he did a good job, and like I said, I'm just excited that he's going to have you know Merriweather and Booyer Randall or whoever it is. He's going to have athletes flanking him, and where he can kind of just you know be the physicality of the defense, which I think I mean I I am ex- I think he will he I think he will have more tackles. Than Brooks did last year. Okay,
2: uh, that's that a, a lot of tackles. Uh, do you yeah. think? Th- I mean, that's something that could propel him and, like I said, like we mentioned earlier, yeah, into some good good rounds in the draft. Don't yeah. think he's going to be a first round guy unless somebody completely, I want to say, reaches. And I stop saying that because what if he act? I mean, what if he does turn into yeah. a first round draft pick? Yeah, I mean, he it all comes complain. down to his testing numbers yeah. and you know yeah. things
1: things that have nothing to do with you know you know performance on the field, but. Yeah, I mean if he stays healthy there's I mean I think just the way this defense works that he will I think he'll clear Brooks's tackle number which is have going from Dakota to Jordan to Rico I mean that's you know looking back on some of those Cliff defenses in the early years that's as much as we could ask for.
2: We're gonna have to use. That. I mean if that turns into a freezing cold take or you called it <laughs> or it's probably somebody from the site's gonna post it. Yes, yeah, so I'm it.
1: doubling down. That is Red that will have it. He stays healthy. That's my one qualifier. He, stays, he healthy. stays
2: healthy.
1: He will outperform. Maybe he may not. He's not gonna have the highlight plays that okay. Bruce has the sacks, but he will have more tackles. That's gotcha. that's
2: my prediction. Hey, you don't. I mean, I'm throwing this out there too with with the freezing cold take because I believe you. <laughs> I'm just saying. RedRaidersSports.com is ruthless. There's going to be a threat started. <laughs> all of the members are going to be coming after you. Rico might see it after and that's reach right. out to you, but you know. I was an off I have been an offensive coordinator for three years. You know. Oh, yeah. So
1: I've I am used to people <laughs> questioning my decisions. So uh, that will be nothing new for me. Heck, it might you be welcome to come come August, I may be missing it.
2: So feel free Please to just start questioning. Please yeah. Email
1: me. Yeah, just start questioning things that I'm doing. High I'm school high it. school
2: offensive coordinator must have been pretty it was fun when, you know, when yeah. you called
1: the touchdown play. It was fun. Yeah. Parents, <laughs> why I, couldn't I, I do imagine that all parents. The time? Parents. <laughs> Yeah, especially, yeah, I was kind of, I was at a 3A school. And so, you know, it was a, it didn't have quite the facilities as some of these others. So me and the defense coordinator actually like to sit on top of our press box. And so you could hear everything. Oh, wow. So that's why eventually about two or three games in, I decided I wanted the the double headphone that kind of blocked all the noise because like I don't i definitely don't want to hear my defensive coordinator talking and I also don't want to hear all those parents talking yeah, so why is Blake sitting down he missed the tag <laughs> he missed the block yes like yeah no so, I, I imagine
2: but yeah. So Anyways, Rico up. Jeffers. Yes. Good. Well, hey,
1: good. I, I've done, like I said, I've spent a, a week watching Rico tape and <laughs> talking about Rico, so I'm good. I, I love the dude, but I can move on to something else unless yes. you got, unless you got anything else.
2: No, I think we wrapped it up pretty neat there.
1: All right. Well, um, usually about now, me and Mary, uh, my wife, are sitting down to watch um, Parks and Rec because Best she... Show. She... Uh, my favorite show is The Office, but okay. she she's not really an office person, and so she decided she would watch Parks and Rec. She's thoroughly enjoying it. So I'm I've I've watched it a few times before, but I'm rewatching it with her. But the the other thing I'm rewatching, and I wanted to ask you if you'd seen it or what you're watching right now. But I've been rewatching Mad Men
2: for the second time. Have you ever watched Mad Men? So my best friends, um, my good friends, they. Big, we're big TV guys, film yeah. guys. I'm, I like, I like film. I do. Yeah. They're a little bit more into it than I am. I always love recommendations, and one, of, one of theirs, two of theirs, The Wire, mm-hmm. and Mad Men. Yeah, specifically, you know, Don Draper. I know, oh, the, yeah. I know the whole concept yes. of it. Don I is, just haven't sat down, and taken the time. It's a slow burn. Is it? See, yes. I like. So you mentioned Parks and Rec earlier. Best show yeah. ever made. Yeah. Office I don't is necessarily agree with that. Office but okay. is <laughs> it's top ten, but it might be at ten. It's okay, and the office is great. It's yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, but uh, yeah, haven't got, haven't gotten around to Mad Men. It's good. It, I, it, I, started I started the first episode probably
1: three times before I got into it, which is probably not a good selling point. But I I thoroughly enjoy. Just like I said, it's a slow burn. Um, it's it really. I mean, the details, like the way it the way it mixes in history with the plot of the show is just it's just great like i, I love it it's all it's set in like the 60s and 70s it's, it's awesome
2: well, what are you watching right now okay yeah i was gonna say because but when we started recording this it's a significant day for me because i i'm gonna go home after we record this and i'm at taylor's house right now we have a good setup we're six feet apart we're doing the whole thing <laughs> yes he uh, has a really nice office but uh <laughs> The last chance you just dropped. Okay, I saw people talking about. Oh, I'm so excited! Okay. I'm so pumped for. That. I've
1: never watched a second of it. You've never I mean, seen. How that.
2: have you not seen I, that?
1: I don't. I, I. It's like I tell people all the time. Like I, I used to get so much football in the fall. Yeah. That I was just yeah. like I didn't need any extra. So you say that, and I'm like, is that
2: <laughs> is that a thing? And I've always wanted to be a coach, and like maybe yes. I get I get that you get burned out on it. Yes. But highly recommend. Okay. It's I mean, a. It's their last season before they take it to bat to basketball. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah. So and uh, different different. Uh, uh, coach, different college, um, EMCC is still right. the OG. Right. You get the Dakota Allen story. Mm-hmm. Goes back to Texas Tech, and there's yeah. some transfers that we maybe can see from there. And yeah. you know, and you get to see these guys kind of grow up. But it's so good how well they developed the story and yeah. how they follow these kids and from where they're from where they're going. But I'm really excited to get get to that. Um, take it on the left curve though. Before that dropped um, YouTube TV. That's what I stream my stuff on. Yeah recently got the paramount network right. which is why they surcharged it with like eight like six or 64. 90. yeah i heard it, yeah i heard it went up price hike yeah but then i was like oh wow i have bar rescue oh yeah i love guy. bar rescue yeah. bar rescue is awesome it's just john taffer yelling to people um other than that though yeah i've seen parks and rec like three or four times 30. yeah
1: yeah i'm the same um what about let's just hit all the arts what, okay. what about music What are you listening Oof. to
2: I've been listening a lot to uh, Pegasus and the Rooftops. Okay, love. I've love heard one guys. song of theirs. Uh, Damn this song. Yeah, I think yeah. so. This that fantastic band. I've uh, been listening to them a lot. I listened to a uh, Twenty One Savage song the other okay. day. Yeah. Kind of diversing it up, and also I have been listening to. Let me see if I can pull it up here. What is it? The National. Okay. You're, yeah, the, yeah, you're yeah. the National. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. really, really good. My best friend loves them. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of theirs, and I haven't gotten around to the Taylor Swift album. It's it's so, okay. It's okay. the, yeah. the
1: Bonnie Vare song is good. Okay. The one yeah. she does with Bonnie Berry. Uh-huh. There's one that's, that's basically a Lana Del Rey cover. Okay.
2: That's good. It sounds just like a Lana Del Rey song. I heard it was it was kind of slower, right? Yeah. It's not like it's a, it's a little different. The last one. I didn't listen to the last one because I didn't like it from the yeah. beginning. We
1: listened to it on on the way to DFW last weekend, and like I said, it was it was good.
2: What have you, what have you been listening to? I mean, you, besides I, that album, but yeah,
1: no, yeah, we, uh, I've been mean, listening. There's a guy that I just, I found randomly on some playlist on Spotify. that Those like, are the best. I can't get enough of his name is Jeffrey Martin. Okay. He's a singer songwriter out of Portland and he's great. Um, and then, uh, what's his, what's his style? What's his genre? I mean, it's, it's just him and a guitar. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And he'll have the occasional, I wouldn't even say full band. He has some that, that has a little more instruments, but it's just basically him and his guitar.
2: Um, Phoebe Bridgers Phoebe Bridgers I saw her at ACL yeah like two she's years a, ago.
1: kind of a weirdo But yeah. she's good she's talented there's something about her music like it's just so real. her lyrics are so real like you just know people like that mm-hmm. or have thought that yourself and she just released a new album that's good I think
2: she's on uh, Madden 19 Really, I believe I think that's where I'm pretty sure I <laughs> that I, I, I think she random. was so if I could be case. wrong but yeah I'm pretty sure and then uh, the uh re-
1: I love 90s music like I love the 90s period like if I, I, I could, could go, go back and just live in the 90s I probably would I but was
2: in live for five years in the 90s <laughs> I was
1: so. born in 90s so there you go uh, I got uh, to experience all of it just don't remember all of it but I love the Goo Goo Dolls Okay, Absolutely I know well. Iris and Slide yeah, yeah. 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 that yep. whole album is good I me and me and my wife both have been jamming out to that randomly. So uh that's what we've been listening to. Some Sunday to. cleaning. Yeah. yeah some dolls There you go. Whenever. Um, but, but yeah, back, you know, I was gonna ask what you were what you've been reading, but uh just real quick, you know, I said I was reading Mad or I was like re-watching Mad Men. Well, part yeah. of the reason I'm re-watching Mad Men is they have this book called Mad Men Carousel. Okay. And it's it's a companion book. And i never I'd heard of these, but I'd never, you know got into one but But you basically basically, it's it's a chapter chapter for every episode it's kind of breaks breaks it down down. and with the whole series in mind and gives you know context into the historical events and what the writers were thinking and what the direct i don't know it, i think it's cool it might be a little too much for some people <laughs> um, but i think it's i think it's cool and then i'm also reading the warmth of other Suns for okay. a little more serious reading um when i you know when i get too much mad men but uh that's that's by isabel wilkerson but um yeah that's what i'm reading you read anything right now
2: I um we discussed this whenever you uh, kind of joined staff. I keep I uh, keep bringing up these old conversations with Taylor but they're real relevant. Uh I found out you you like Shea Serrano oh, yeah. from The Ringer. Yeah. He's awesome. Love yes. his stuff and I yeah. love his books. He got his books awesome. up here. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been reading cuz I have basketball and other things which I think is probably one of the best things it ever is written. Awesome. It's on Obama's list whenever yeah. that came out. Uh, movie and other things this is his latest release yeah. and yeah. um I Kind of skim through that one. Haven't seen all the movies he's mentioned, right. so I'm kind of just like, okay, maybe I'll skip that. Yeah. In there, but I've read all of basketball and other things, fantastic. But I picked up the rapier book.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the one I have. And that was
2: his first one yeah. since 1979. He breaks down the most significant song. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah. All the way until um, I want to say 2014, 2015. it's I've been wanting
1: to read that. Yeah. It's,
2: and it's really, really good. He's really detailed, and uh, I like. I like how he can write freely and you're not reading like a like a manual or something yeah. you know because some some books can get like that and Oh yeah, it's like you're
1: having a conversation with him. Yes, exactly,
2: and he's such a cool guy. And uh, he's for me when we did this podcast, he's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, maybe we can have him join one day. Hey, uh, I tweet at him and everything. I know you you got a like from him. I got a like from him. Taylor called me out on it though. I I wasn't fishing for the like. Oh, you were fishing. But I might have been fishing for the like. (laughs) But uh, but I meant the I meant the tweet. That uh, like
1: leads to him being on the
2: podcast. You can fish for likes all you want. (laughs) But uh, and then I've been reading Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Oh yeah, that's basically through their basic yeah it's the it's the yearbook for the year and hopefully we get to see a lot of their predictions uh they're pretty pretty high on texas tech at some yeah. points uh pretty high on eli howard yeah, yeah. who uh, he, should he, be yeah he uh, uh, he's been getting a lot a lot of hype no Rico jeffers but uh that's, that's kind of
1: surprising, surprising
2: to me but yeah uh, uh dawson deaton and jack anderson though yeah and anderson. that makes sense. and then obviously mcnamara yeah oh the punter uh, austin's fantastic and he's good people yeah so uh but yeah i've been reading those those two things i'm not really big on a novel right now or like any kind of i like stephen king i picked up one of his books but i just haven't gotten to it yeah that's That's good good.
1: that's That's good stuff stuff. all right well enough about us let's get into college football season will we have one that's, know, uh, that's a good question. That's, yeah, I mean, I think we have to, but our, uh, our athletic director spoke on that. I think someone posted on the board. So uh, if you haven't listened to the audio, we'll play it for you, and then we'll kind of give our opinions on what Kirby had to say.
3: The NCAA and the um, Autonomy 5 conferences, Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big 10, and the Pac-12 all put out a document titled "Resocialization of Collegiate Sports and in that, it outlined the recommended testing provisions that are going to be required for our student-athletes. And uh, for a sport like football, uh, our young men will have to go through a weekly testing for COVID that will take place 72 hours before ever home games. We have conducted approximately 415 tests, and that includes our football team, men's basketball team, women's basketball team, soccer team as well as their coaching staffs and support staffs. Out of those 415 approximate tests, we've had 37 student athletes uh, test positive uh, for COVID. 24 of those have been within our football program. And uh, I can tell you that uh, all um, 36 of the 37 are all recovered. And one is currently asymptomatic.
1: So, you know, a couple of things stood out to me in that clip. You know, first... The testing 415 student-athletes, support staff, coaching staff, um, and, you know, only having 37 positive tests. I thought thought that was a good start. Yes, it is. Uh, But even better news is that there are only 24 in football and only in all of all but one recovered. Yeah, 36. 36, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you would think that that number would continue to go down. Like that would be the high mark. You know, like we would. I can't imagine that we'll have you know forty tests positive in a week or whatever. Yeah, like all
2: of a sudden spike. Yeah, uh,
1: especially you know you've seen the pictures of practice. You know them socially distancing, the wearing masks, sanitizing everything. So you would think you know that was going to be the worst of the numbers, um, but what's
2: it out to you? Um, I I mean honestly, I think the the numbers really. I mean the numbers really do. I mean from that standpoint. Uh, he said football, basketball, both men and women's, and soccer. Yeah, right. Uh, he, he didn't mention he volleyball. He didn't mention volleyball, which I was pretty sure maybe, maybe they're not on campus yet. I know. I mean, the coaches are though. Right. So maybe they aren't included maybe, in, in those numbers. Maybe they are. Maybe you just forgot. Yeah. Or yeah. Maybe you just forgot. You know, it yeah. happens. Uh, but yeah, four to have four hundred fifteen tests administered, and we but and we don't know. Okay. Well, taking a look back at the numbers, twenty four from football. Right. We don't know if that was twelve players, twelve staff members. Right. Heck, twenty-three staff members, one player. <laughs> yeah, there's no you, telling. There's no telling. We but, didn't um, get any.
1: You know, we didn't hear any names.
2: Yeah, and I, I get, I get what we don't. And right. so I know some schools are. I know. I think some schools are saying names or giving. I think more if you want, I think if, if the player wants to come out and say yeah, it, then he yeah. can. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, Taylor. I honestly you asked me that, but I just can't. I, I can't get past those numbers. Those are good, but that's a good sign. Yeah. And I, but hopefully the trend continues.
1: And I like that they had come up with the plan, the, we're going to test 72 hours before a game, or at least 72 hours before a game. And so, you know, if somebody pops up positive, you For hopefully... a home game. Yeah. Right, yeah. You hopefully don't pull a Marlins and play anyway. <laughs> or you a know, Williams. Or, yeah, you, you, know, you <laughs> hope you just, you sit that guy out, and you know they're going to have, you know, things in place where... You're not going to have all your quarterbacks test positive. They're going to be separated. So, Mm -hmm. and Um, um,
2: going back off that, uh, said like I said, home game. What's the? Do we have an away game? Away team plan? Yeah, that is. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if. I'm assuming that that'd be a lot quicker. I think. I mean, I don't know how how fast some. How fast they have access to their test results. Because he also said weekly. He said yeah, weekly, weekly tests, tests, but home game. And then at least 72 hours before home game. So you're just playing your typical Saturdays. You got Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah. And you're assuming you want to get all those guys tested. I mean, that's, that's a lot of 415 combined. I get that. But football has the bi- the biggest number. Right. is a good majority of that number between those uh, those four programs. Right. Uh, assuming volleyball is not included. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how the whole... How they treat away teams. Um, the, how they treat hotels. I know they usually stay at the Overton, I believe. Yeah. Away teams are in that area, at least. And I want to see how they, they treat those. If I they would think it. they
1: would have to be tested, too. Yes. Like, I know he said home games, but you would think that you're you're going to get tested before every single game. Would
2: you test... The, and then would it be a test in Lubbock, for example, or are they... Do a okay. You're boarding the bus, or before we board the bus, obviously go get your weekly test. Right, but then we have to do another one. Yeah, I guess it just That's depends just such quick turn on what
1: on. you know. You know, some some tests are quicker than others. So I guess it depends on what test your athletic department bought. You know, the ideally you could you get those. You know, they had talked about the you know those tests that you could show your results in 15 minutes. So you could you would think you could test Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, but I guess it just all depends on where testing is at in a month.
2: And yeah, talk about keeping the injury <laughs> yeah. list secret. Oh, man. You're not going to know. It could change if they do test like that. Yeah. That could that change one. in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah. You wouldn't know until they ran out on the field. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've got another clip of audio we want to break down from Kirby's interview, and then we'll give our thoughts on that.
3: Our student athletes are going to have an additional layer of responsibility on them this fall with their decision-making. And President Skubinick and I had a chance to visit with our leadership team of our of our football team uh, earlier this week, and he made that point to them. It's going to be dependent upon them and the decisions that they make in their personal time and social life that are going to be dependent upon us being able to provide a safe environment for them to continue to come into our facilities and continue to move forward in, in hope of having a sense. All
1: right, so this is the clip I really wanted to talk about, you know. He he basically says, you know, we need to trust with the student, that the student athletes are making good decisions if we want to have a football season. Essentially, is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, if you would have, if you would have said that ten years ago, I would have said you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think these athletes are different than what we think they are. Now I'm not saying they don't go out and have a good time, but in I mean, in the age of social media i think they're not going to be able to go out and not be photographed video you know like if somebody goes out and somebody's going to upload that
2: to snapchat in,
1: in snapchat instagram and be like you know here's brandon solie's ruining text football season
2: yep out there partying and out of no mask and you, know, you know. know those
1: coaches will find it on social media oh, yeah? they're they're following everybody so there's more ways to get caught. And so if even if you're not a guy who cares about, you know, what's best for the team, if if you want to stay out of trouble, it's going to be hard for you to go out and do stuff you're not supposed to do. To rebuttal that, okay. there's,
2: still, there's still freshmen. Oh, I know. There's still 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. Year olds. Yes. There's still 21-year-old, 22-year-olds that let's say we're in season. Let's say you have a you have a big win. Over Kansas. <laughs> Redemption. Yes. Big win. Jayhawks go down. That's Big not time. a sentence we should ever be Never, saying. Never, okay. we probably will this year. <sighs> Chimney's is so tempting. <laughs> will Chimney's Chim- even be open? Broadway's so tempting. <laughs> exactly. Okay, those are close. But that party at the Republic pool right. is so tempting. Yeah. You can't do that, guys. And I'm saying this also... Uh, the pull part, at least now, I've seen. We both have seen those videos of. Yeah. They're not. I mean, it seems like it seems like the message is getting across majority of, of kids, right. and it seems like it's getting really. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of positives. Yeah. Out of that, but then you you see some snapchats and you're just like, oh, that's. Right, It's not it's not a good look. Right. And, you know, this is this honestly and this is unfair,
1: probably to put on Wells. And this may again just going back to me being the former coach and knowing that, you know, if somebody if one of my student athletes gets in trouble in the community, guess who's getting the call? You know, I am. And so this may just go back to that. But, you know, Wells, you know, we SR program. That's what he says all the time you know he has the leadership council he's got all you know he talks so much about building a building accountability building leadership in his programs these are the kind of situations where that tests your message yeah it you really know does because it. if the leaders of the team are going to be the ones holding people accountable for going out or not going out we're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Your Rico Jeffers, your Alan Bowman, yeah. your But if they're the
1: ones going out, yeah. we're not gonna be okay. Yes. And so to me, this is a really, you know, a lot of people think, you know, this season is gonna be a another season for Wells to make excuses, blah blah blah. But really, I mean, if he can keep his kids out of trouble and on the field, that says a lot about the kind of program he's building.
2: And I think there's also some leeway between okay yeah we've all been in college before or me and you have yeah. I don't know if whoever's listening to this has or not but we, we've been to, they've all been
1: 22 or they've whatever. all been 22 yeah. we've all been
2: to the parties we've right. all been to the broadways of the world I
1: know where you're going with bra bra <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to some places in Nevada it's like whoa 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 I'm not incriminating <laughs> I'm not yeah. but
2: uh, no but we've all been we've all been there yeah to where it's Let's let's go out. It's Friday night, it's right. a Saturday after a big win. Yeah, I think what I what I'm going off of basically saying is I'm not saying they can't do any of that. Yeah, as in we if you see them out, I think it's not fair to harass them. I'm uh, like at a restaurant or yeah. if they're I think if they're practicing all their social distancing and doing all those things right, right, then there's no harm and you know like okay like there's a group of there's a lineman there's a starting five cool, let, let kind of let them be. But you yeah. know there's going to be some people out there that are going to be like, oh, it looks like the Texas Tech football team didn't get the memo right. or something. And it's just it's not fair to them. Right. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, I'm going to, I agree with you to that. I think this group is different. I think that they're disciplined. Yeah. I think that they really trust in their head coach and I think they really want to play football and we really want to see football enough to where, you can yes, make some sir. sacrifices. Yeah. Yes, coach, I won't yeah. do this. I won't do X.
1: Yeah. And you know, speaking of people being on campus, the the athletic directors have kind of come back from that statement. You know, in the spring they were saying, or I guess school presidents, not athletic directors, you know, if if there's no kids in school on campus in the fall, then we're not having sports. <clears throat> They that's obviously been retracted a little bit because, you know, we're talking about having sports and a lot of schools are talking about going online. And um, Stuart Mandel wrote a, a piece for the Athletic today that I thought I had thought about this as almost like a pipe dream, but the way he lays it out, I almost think. It's not going to happen. This is like a one percent chance. But you know, he talks about how much success the NBA bubble has had, and the MLS bubble, and the hockey bubbles. There have been the bubbles zero, have been
2: great. Zero positive
1: tests in a bubble so, so far.
2: far. So, and then you got MLB, right?
1: right. And you know, with and, one team, with one team, and, and their test numbers have honestly been pretty good. And they're in
2: Florida, right? right? And they're in Florida too. But and so the bubbles back to your point, the bubbles yeah, have been great. The, and Stewart's point,
1: right? The bubbles have worked. So. Let's say students aren't back on campus. Everybody's doing remote learning. you know. Um, heck, most big-time athletes, by the time they're juniors and seniors, are all online anyway, mm-hmm. or have <laughs>
2: hardly any out.
1: Yeah. And so he suggests every Power Five conference is in a bubble city. The ACC is in Charlotte. The Big Ten is in Indianapolis. The Pac-12 is in Salt Lake City. The SEC is in Atlanta. And the Big 12 is in Dallas. Um, all cities that have enough hotels to so support. Salt Lake
2: City, okay. Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, yeah Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. Big 12, I'm assuming AT&T Stadium, obviously. Right. But, there's, yeah. but there's a well, there's couple of the other star places. high school yeah. stadiums, yeah, for yeah, that matter. A, uh, and then you said the Charlotte. Yeah. Don't know that one. Or Salt Lake City. The Panthers are in Charlotte. But they're still not in the bubble. They're not in the dome. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, they're just saying... So you're saying just relocate them. Because three of those five are domes.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... mean He's not saying it has a to be enclosed. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's just saying like these are bubble. Yeah, yeah, these are just, well. I l- think you'd rather bit. be out in the open. Okay. Well, you know outside, but, but I think he's, he's just saying these are bubble. bubble. Just Here. kind of reloads. Okay, okay. Like okay. I all of now. the Big 12 Big would go to Big. Dallas. All of the Pac 12 would go to Salt Lake City. These are all cities with hotels and sports
2: uh, arenas to to accommodate for everything.
1: Yes, and so he plays out. He he gives a SEC schedule, a weekly schedule for the SEC, and he even gives the hotels that these teams are staying at. There, I think he has one, two, three, four. He has five, depending on the size of the hotel. He has five, and then four, and then a couple two hotels with three teams. Um, and so he's like, he's saying, so we've got a November seventh date. We have seven games that are going to take place. We're going to have two on Thursday. And then we're going to have five on Saturday, and they're all in Atlanta or in surrounding areas. Ones at Georgia Tech, ones at Georgia State, ones at Morehouse, ones at Kennesaw State, ones at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, one is at Georgia State on Saturday and not Thursday, and then another ones at Georgia Tech on Saturday and not Thursday. Um, and so you get all your games out of the way that you know that week. And he says, you know, the cost of the bubble would obviously be astronomical. The NBA spent $150 million on its bubble. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just 17 players per team. And so what he's saying is he kind of calculated based on what the NBA spent. He calculated what it would cost to do it for 10 weeks for a conference. Um, and so he's basically talking it's, he says it's $100 million for the SEC, a 14-T league. So that wouldn't be as much for the Big 12 because we only have 10, obviously. But he also says the SEC took in $721 million last year. Yeah, I was so, going to say, that had to be a big number. And they distributed $45 million to each school. So it would just be subtracting $7 million from each school in next year's payout. So you would recoup all of that money spent in one year you take the I think you take you take that to get this season yeah, in I think you would um and then he he also throws in he's like you're telling me there aren't some rich SEC boosters who wouldn't put pitch in if they needed to just to see football you know and again as cra- I totally understand that sounds psychotic but it also I mean, try explaining this situation to yourself six months ago. Who knows where we're going to be in a, even a month? So, I mean, I just think it's something that should be – I think all options should be considered to get college football in, especially if we're going to all online classes. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting, I, and I think I thought it was a good point.
2: It is a good point. And then to – I guess my role here is going to be the counter guy in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> but uh, those NFL teams, that's a quick turnaround to get the stadium. Yeah, to he get does the mention flip. that. He <laughs> says uh, – he says Take up I, whole, you're taking up hotels from the NFL well, I, and no fans. I mean, right. I yeah. guess just regular travelers. Yeah.
1: He said, I didn't put LSU in Alabama at Mercedes-Benz Stadium because the Falcons have a home
2: game the next day. More time to turn it around. And if, and if there's no fans, I guess, you know, they might not even worry. Hey, just play on the field. Or I, don't, I guess the NFL teams would probably be like, no. Yeah. The big, the big wigs of the big league would probably be like, you're not going to tear up our field. Well, I mean, most Most, of those are turf, I'm sure. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. But then, like, Cowboy Stadium isn't, but those Cowboy Stadium is. But it's all retractable though, which my point is the. Well, yeah, they put out new turf for each team. for each team. Yeah. Which I think they'll be willing to do. Yeah. yeah. Especially if there's no fans and you can kind of take your time because you don't have to clear out a stadium. Like
1: you're telling me, Jerry Jones wouldn't want big shots of AT&T Stadium double in the fall.
2: He'd take that. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, and, uh, like I it's said, it's unrealistic. I think there's some things that like that I thought about. Like I thought about fans, and then you realize, oh, they're probably not going to be any fans. So you yeah, don't need to wait for that. I think we'll traffic. be lucky. Yeah, be lucky to get half. Yeah, be and be if you get, get half, half, that's even that's half the time it would take normally. Yeah, yeah. clear out. Let's get rolling. Let's yeah. get them going for Sunday. For so NFL. yeah. So obviously, the biggest downside to me is Tex playing in Dallas, not Lubbock. What
1: yeah. does that do game days? What does that do to businesses here, hotels so We'd have here. to relocate.
2: I'd have to relocate for, like, three months, leave my dog. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, that would be...
1: <laughs> that, that would to me, mean, that's, that's, you cover you know, that's the most unrealistic part is Waco's going without Baylor, you know, Tech's going without... West West Morgantown, West
2: Virginia right. is going to be states away. Right.
1: So, I mean, it's... You know, Austin is going to survive if Texas plays in Dallas, but... Oklahoma's, I know it's not that far. I mean, but, like, these... Te- like. But basically, the rest of the big 12 towns, Ames, Lubbock, Norman, Stillwater. I mean, we'd be hurting if mm-hmm. Tech's not playing here in the fall. Yeah. Um, so that's to me, that's the
2: biggest, like,
1: there's no way this could
2: happen. But it's a cool idea, though. Yeah. I love it. I love how you did break it down. And that that's a good, that's a good piece right there.
1: Okay. Last thing before Ben's interview. Let's do this real quick. I was inspired by Mike Sando's annual quarterback tier rankings that he does for the athletic. He does Obviously, the NFL quarterback tiers, and so I wanted to do that for the Big Twelve quarterbacks. Um, he has he has five tiers, but really, there's only four. You know, obviously, tier one is the best. Mm-hmm. It's this guy can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. There are no real holes in his game. So. So that's a tier one. Yeah, (laughs) I mean his. It's Pat Mahomes is his number one. Gotcha. Russell Wilson is his number two. Prescott. (laughs) No. Aaron Rodgers, I think he's number three. Drew Brees is number four. Like those are the guys.
2: Tom Brady's gotcha. No, not not Tom Brady. He's a tier two quarterback. Well, so what's tier two? Let's go. Well, let's 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 do this. Let's go. You want to go tier one first? Yeah. Nobody. Exactly. I'm Big with 12.
1: you. Yeah, I don't think there's a Big 12 quarterback that fits that tier one description. You to want to hit it
2: quickly though. Who was the last one? Pat? I, mean, I don't think Pat was in, no, not in college. Not when he
1: was at Tech. That, no, he, uh, B- Baker.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, not the last
1: I mean, one. Had, Kyler was the last one. Kyler? Yeah, Ky- yeah, yeah, Kyler Murray was the last one. I agree with Kyler. Will Greer is close. I liked yeah, Will Greer he, a lot yeah, in college. That
2: team was on it was on his back, man.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're rare.
2: In the big form, I think tier yes, one yes, should be yes.
1: small. I mean, that's this. It says he has no real holes in his game. Can yes. carry, can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. There's,
2: There's not nobody a lot in of those the 12 that does that. No,
1: not to me. Um, so let's not waste time. Uh, tier two. So tier two carries his team sometimes, okay. but not consistently. Uh, handles passing situations in doses. And or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above a tier three,
2: so a scrambler, or not, or not
1: just specifically saying scrambler, but that elevator. a guy who can move, yeah. a guy with a you know rocket launcher attached attached to his shoulder, you know, you, uh, Tom be? like his example, his his first tier two quarterback is Tom Brady. You know Tom Brady, Lamar, Jack, Lamar Jackson, his legs obviously. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. Those are his tier two. Sounds guys. like a good chunk of maybe yeah. Most yeah in are, the NFL. Yeah. But so to this, you're and, what do you what do you have? For? Right in college, to me, you know tier two is still pretty special. Um, and I have Brock Purdy. He's my top quarterback. In I, agree, I agree. You know, and part of that may be just because he. Tears up Texas Tech every time we play. Um, but so I may be biased a little bit there, but I think he's the closest to carrying a team, uh, being able to carry a team. Without a good running game, without a good defense, he has those things, you know. But you know, he was he was basically second behind Jalen Hurts in every single category. Pat completion percentage right behind Hurts. He was above Hurts in passing yards. Passing yards per attempt, he um, was those, right behind Hurts. Um,
2: Four thousand, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Adjusted passing yards per attempt, he was right behind Hurts. You know, he was right. He was second behind Hurts and Ellinger, who tied uh, for touchdowns. You know, he's just. He is right there. And Hurts would have
2: been t- tier two if right. he was coming back. Right?
1: right. And so, I mean, I think Purdy is, is right. I think he's good. I think he's right there. And honestly, I know you disagree with this, and I probably have a lot of people. I think that's Bowman.
2: Oof. Yeah, I do disagree with yeah. that. I do disagree with that. <laughs> I, I think just, you that. I saw your
1: that, face. But,
2: <laughs> I mean, just we have very little on his, his freshman home. year was so good. It was fantastic. He like that's what I mean. It was
1: good. He can carry he... his team. Sometimes he can handle pure passing situations. Mm-hmm. To me, he carried us sometimes his freshman year, and he always handled, you know, pure passing situations. Eddie has in, he has incredible accuracy, and that is his special talent to elevate. His accuracy
2: is great. His accuracy is great. He's a leader. Right. He's awesome. I'm just not convinced yet. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to play spoiler, but or just get ahead of ourselves, but I haven't met in tier three. Right.
1: And they, to me, they have Carson Wentz in tier two. Okay. And to I me, that's that a good, good comp for him. A guy who, when he's playing, he's special, but he's just hurt too much.
2: Yeah. You know, and and that's that. what,
1: and so, like, that's a good comp. Basically is what I'm saying. Okay,
2: I maybe you could agree with putting him on the edge, but I Who's, think he who, might. Do you have any be, other tier two guys? I have two tier two, uh, two tier two guys. Yeah, Purdy, right? And Sam Ellinger, yeah. And you know, and I just, I can see those flashes of him where he does like kick it, and it's like his X factor goes off, like we're playing Madden. But those are always runs. It's yeah, amazing. and that brings like, that to the table. I,
1: yeah, I just. To me, I, I don't think he's a good enough passer. I'm not convinced on him being a top quarterback. Yeah. I just I don't just think, think he's he... a good enough passer. But I get what you're saying. He yeah, is like, special in, in situations. Mm-hmm.
2: And it sucks that he's in the UT colors because I think, obviously, the brand kind of takes over for some of those guys, kind of like gives them a little edge. And yeah. I think that kind of shows. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm not convinced on his arm. I'm not convinced on it, totally. I right. just think he's in a good spot, and I think he's kind of took it and ran with it, and I think his his running game can, can really help him, and he's shown that it's it's benefited the whole team, and yeah. he has his moments where he does get them w- way ahead of games, and they kind of just blow it, but I think he it, it, a lot doesn't fall on him. Like, a lot of that team's fault doesn't really fall on a lot of his shoulders, per yeah. se. I do think he's the second best quarterback in the Big 12 that we've seen. Right. Uh, Purdy. But, yeah, Purdy's my my number one guy out there. and I agree.
1: Uh, Tier 3. A Tier 3 quarterback is a legitimate starter but needs a heavier running game and or defensive component to win. A lower volume drop back passing offense suits him best. And to me, that is Sam Ellinger. That's Sam Ellinger to me. Uh, and so you I, do have him at the top, yeah, in tier three. I have him in tier three. Okay. Yeah, I have him in tier three. I have Spencer Sanders in tier three from yes, Oklahoma State. Yes, agree, agree. And I, I, I mean, I wanted to even go lower on him. I'm, I'm not that high on him. Um, but I think, I think tier four is too low. Uh, but I have Spencer Sanders tier three, Sam Ellinger in tier three, um, Max Duggan. I'm a little higher on Max Duggan. Like I agree I, with you though. I think I, he, three.
2: I think he showed flashes of being like unfortunately good i think tcu's quarterback they rely on that defense a lot yeah. his it, completion
1: the, percentage was horrendous yeah it
2: was i think was it one of the worst it's like 53
1: percent the worst like yeah. in in the modern like in modern passing games that's terrible but he has moments where you're like crap that guy's good um skylar thompson from kansas state yep another
2: to one to me like
1: he he's right there with ellinger to me like i think they're the same guy i think if skylar thompson played at ut you would know his name you know the, the nation would know his name um I think I think he's good and then again another guy I don't think is that good but I can't argue with results is Charlie Brewer yeah you
2: know so you uh I, I every one of those guys I would flip my Bowman with your Ellinger right but I do see I think Brewer Thompson and Bowman are top yeah. tier three guys that could easily flip to tier two yeah um but uh your Brewer talk though who you know what kind oh, you like about him
1: I just I just watched him and I think he is he's probably just perfectly average. You know, and there were I think he's below average. I mean, there were just some of those plays that you'll you'll watch him you're like, what did you see there? You know, like why did you throw that pass? There were two against Tech specifically. That's like I am thankful for the ball, but why? <laughs> how are you? How are you leading a team that's eleven and one? And I get it, it's other stuff. I mean, he can run. He's deceptively good at running, which I guess is just because he's white. I don't know, but like he's deceptively <laughs> good at running. Uh, he he's a you know they they say he's a great leader. Blah blah blah. But you know, you again at the end you can't argue with results. And as much as I don't think he's he's all yeah, I don't think he's good enough to be leading an eleven and one team like he was last year or whatever they were, uh ten and one or whatever. But uh, you know, I, I just I think he's tier three. I think, you know, the tier three guys on the NFL that he put, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jared Goff, those were his top three tier three. And to me, Charlie Brewer, Skyler Thompson, Sam Ellinger, Spencer Sanders, those are tier three guys to me.
2: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree and, with you, except Ellinger. Right and I've put in there that's just I'm just see and I'm gonna get a lot of like slack for this I'm gonna get no, here yeah, to hear, I, gonna I bet it. You, most people probably agree with you you think so I mean I get their Red Raider diehard so I just I'm not convinced yet I yeah. think it's I think you also have a, I am projecting a little bit MacGyver is a tier 3 guy a bottom tier three, just because we haven't seen him play college football. See, I t-
1: I don't think you can even rank him since we haven't seen him play. This,
2: this is true, but I'm, I'll project him to be <laughs> a bottom tier See, three guy. Like it's, yeah, it's hard for me to
1: Yeah, it's harder for me to project. While I haven't I also, seen. Him. I've
2: also seen him at practice. Right. That's what and I was about to say. Yeah, that's yeah. why because I, I would keep replaying one yeah. specific throw in my head, the Caden Leggett, and I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, gets accuracy. He's is talented. Yes. He but um, okay. So those Two, are anything yeah. else on the tier three guys?
1: No, nope, not for me.
2: So I think the obvious is stated with the tier four, tier four bottom is, of the bottom of the barrel.
1: A, yeah, well, it's twofold. It's okay. A tier four quarterback could be an unproven player with upside mm. or, or so that's why you put McIver okay. there to me. Yeah. And I, okay. Or a veteran who is ultimately best suited as a backup. And their dogs. examples yeah. Marcus Mariota, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Drew Locke is the guy with the upside, you know, okay. Gardner Minshew. Um, so I had Miles Kendrick, which is the guy people think are going to start at Kansas. He's a uh, JUCO transfer from San Mateo in California, a dual threat guy um, who can run around a little bit, Who but they have questions about his arm. Um, and then... Spencer Rattler, which he's probably great. He's an OU quarterback, but I don't know. You know. Yeah, he's just unproven. Unproven, but he has upside, obviously, because he's probably a five-star that OU brought in. Um, and then, you know, Jarrett Dagey and Austin Kendall are the two guys fighting for the West Virginia job. And to me, it doesn't really matter who wins. I think they're about the same level, and I think they're yeah. tier four. I'll agree with you. I think both of those guys would be good backups at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma State, at um, univer- or at University of Texas at OU. I mean, actually, maybe not OU, but because I think that's where Kendall transferred from. But I think those guys are solid backups at other programs in the Big
2: Twelve. Um, so yeah, yeah. and I think uh, Miles Kendrick, like you said, he's a College of San Mateo. If that sounds familiar, it's because we picked up a commit from Jason Lloyd. Yeah. Texas Tech did the tight end out of there. Um, so you know, you know he knows a lot about. Maybe a guy he's going to see in the future there that is projected to be their their kind of guy and he's a dual threat guy. I think he's a he's one of those unproven kind of guys. Spencer Rattler, same thing. Um, I do agree with Kendall and and deggy there, kind of there. they have them in the same boat as well. I think we pretty much agree on everything but the Ellinger thing. The the Ellinger, and Ellinger Bowman. Bowman,
1: yeah, definitely. Which is kind of crazy because you know some years in the Big Twelve it'll be like awesome quarterback after awesome quarterback after awesome quarterback. So, you know, some guys will rise, some guys will fall. Hopefully it's Bowman or whoever's under center for the Red Raiders rises. But um, it'll definitely be interesting. With Without any proven quarterbacks, things are a lot more up in the air. Um, but anyway, I, I just thought that would be fun. Uh, Just kind of get, you know, it's been so long since I've actually thought about other teams in the Big 12, so I thought, kind of start there, you know, quarterback most important position, so let's, you know, start there.
2: What's going to be fun is the running backs. Yeah, definitely. And that's something we might look into doing. Yeah. We already got our topic, one of the topics for next week, maybe, but.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's get to what everyone's been waiting for. The Red Raider Sports recruiting analyst Ben Golan gives us some recruiting nuggets. So let's get to that interview. All right. So we have Ben Golan from RedRaiderSports.com, recruiting analyst and staff writer. Um, we got a few questions about him. He's been re- attending a bunch of camps out in the area, out in the DFW area. So we thought his insight would be helpful here. I know Brandon, you had a, a good way, a good question to start us off.
2: Yeah, like uh Taylor said, thanks for joining us Ben. I know we're all kind of living our own lives here as we record this through quarantine, but first off Ben, for people that haven't been to any of these camps before, how do, how does the day look? What do we what do we see out of the out of the coaches there and out of the, the the guys that are participating in the in the camps?
0: Yeah, so uh first thanks for having me. So the the two camps I've gone to recently, both the uh Bullet Camp and then last week the ESPN Under Armour Uh, elite camp Um, it starts off with a combine so uh, specifically the ESPN camp they they split the players up into groups of 10 you know to maintain social distancing and all that but so the players will come in and they'll run 40s they'll you know do a vertical jump and all those different drills to get tested Um, after that they'll they'll break it out by position and, and go with the coaches and and do all these sorts of drills what, what I liked about the bullet camp, and it's a staple at, you know, rivals camps and all these other camps, is then they go into one-on-ones and, and do some actual competition. They didn't have that at the ESPN camp. Um, I think that was just more of a safety thing. They didn't want too many people in the same field. Mm-hmm. But um, it, yeah. it's still enjoyable to, to go and, and see some of these top recruits around the country.
2: Yeah, uh, Taylor. One last question for Ben, from me at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was. Do do they ever get confused that you're a participant, Ben? I know you're 40 times in, and <laughs> insane. Uh, do you ever get? I know I've been confused as a coach before, not because I look like one, but because I'm. You know, we're kind of around those guys more than the participants, just kind of trying to stay out the way and stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, as a coach, yeah, I've been confused for a coach a couple times, but. As a player, no, not, not at all. I, I wanted I wanted to run, I wanted to do the testing at the bullet camp and I just kind of forgot. I'd like yeah, to see maybe laser time in my, forty
1: stuff like that. Be
0: yeah, cool. maybe maybe back in my prime, maybe like a five four and then today maybe like a six <laughs> flat or you know, I don't know.
1: So Yeah, so of both of those camps that you attended, are there any recruits that tech should like tech fans should specifically keep an eye on?
0: Yeah. So for the, um, for the Under Armour, uh, for the elite camp, there were a couple of running backs there who at the time didn't have offers, but have now been offered in the last week Mm -hmm. since. Those are Jamarian Miller and Jadarian Price um, from Tyler and Denison, respectively. Those Mm -hmm. are both, um, you know, they both have 15, 20 offers and and Price is already a four-star kid and Miller will be as soon as, as he gets a rating. So uh, you always like seeing those offers. Um, you look, you know, at this year, like a, you know, you think four star is not attainable, but they're riding right it for Cameron Valdez at that same position. So, yeah, yeah. so two two really good running backs. Um, at Camp Bullet, Evan Stewart was there. He's a four star with an offer, and and I wrote about him, and he just cooked yeah. every every DB in attendance. So he he's from Frisco. So for all of you. DFW Red Raiders who, who want to go see one of the best players, go check him out. And then, um, uh, linebacker-wise, I wanted to talk about this guy a bit, Harold Perkins. He's uh-huh. from he's from Cyprus. If you think back a couple of weeks, he is coached by Coach Frazier down there uh, in the Houston area, and and Coach Fraser is, is a Tech alum, and he was the guy who was tweeting about wanting an offer. And, and so oh yeah yeah so the coaches did come through I think they were going to offer either way but oh so they they did did offer they did yeah and he has has 25 offers and and on different yeah on different sites he's the number two linebacker in the country so still unranked on rivals but I would say and I got some some information there that as long as you know tech is recruiting him that he'll keep them towards the top who knows if if they can win out, but um, yeah. he he definitely has people in his corner who who like tech, who who have gone to tech, but you know they're competing against Alabama and, and Auburn and Georgia and Oof. LSU and all these schools. So <laughs> all right. it's just, just good to be, be in that mix. It is, and and it's good to see those offers because you have nothing to lose. Okay, so I know that at
1: the uh, Bullet Camp there was a local Lubbock local kid there, Kyler Jordan from Lubbock Cooper. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, uh Kyler Jordan, he was the district MVP as a sophomore, just very productive player. He came in at about six two, two forty at the camp and and won D line MVP there too. So um he, he has an offer from Illinois State so far. It's his only offer, but he's one of those guys that he kind of reminds me of like an Eli Howard, just an under recruited, yeah. but but you put him on the field and he just produces. So um yeah maybe not the ideal you know size for a power five player but the production is definitely there and and i I think he's a guy tech should seriously consider you know especially being being from lubbock
1: yeah definitely uh ben i know you wrote a story about charles esters uh for the site the other day do you have any thoughts you'd like to share from that story or just his recruitment in general
0: yeah, uh, you know, as he said, I think he's a hundred percent locked in. He told me he's not really talking to any other schools since he committed. So he just seems like a really solid part of the class. And and I, I asked him about you know recruiting other guys, and I don't think he's that kind of player. Um, yeah. More of a shy, reserved guy. But um, another guy who and he's grown a lot recently. He told me he's six four, two forty five. So That's maybe awesome. it not Yeah, maybe a guy, you know, you put some weight on him. Maybe you can play some inside for you, too. But um, just uh, from a big-time program at Cedar Hill and, you know, doesn't have too many other big-time offers, but um, you definitely take a a three-star Texas high school defensive lineman any day of the week.
1: Yep, every time, especially from a program like Cedar Hill. There's no doubt about that. All right, Ben, before we let you go, do you have any other
0: recruiting thoughts you'd like to share? yeah uh, a couple of weeks ago, whenever Taylor joined us on the uh, Matador report, we all predicted our next commit and if yes. i recall if I recall, you said Deshaun page and That's i I do think that that, that is a, a possibility. Um, I don't know if he I don't know if he's committed or or what, but you know obviously no announcement just yet, but I do think right. he's, he could be getting close with um, junior colleges delaying the season or you know flat out canceling in some cases right. and uh we'll see there but he you know kansas state former kansas state commits so it's always nice to beat out another uh, big 12 team yeah, and, especially them yeah and from <laughs> east mississippi where you know dakota Allen oh nice oh so, i didn't realize that yeah there, there is that connection and and uh he, he'd be another uh good pickup for the defense if he did commit
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Especially Luke, we, you know, we don't know the situation with Xavier Benson and, mm-hmm. and that whole deal. So that'd be, that'd be a good guy to fill in. Cause it, he's a 2021, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. I may, I may retire from predictions after that. I got one for one. <laughs> if that ends up happening, I, I'm like, I'll just, I'm out. I'm out right there. Well, anyway, I appreciate you hopping on for a few minutes, Ben. That was some good stuff.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for having me guys. Thank you.
2: Great stuff by Ben. Those camps can be a lot of fun. I haven't been to a lot myself, but uh, and you've been around the game of football. So yeah. Ben has the upside here out of all of us because he's been around the game. I haven't seen the game of football in a while. I don't know the last time you have. <laughs> yes, it's but, been a while. But those camps sound like, I mean, they sound like a lot of fun and uh, some great recruiting stuff Definitely. there by Ben. Yep, good nuggets by Ben.
1: Um, so with that being said, thanks for listening to the second episode of From Here It's Potable. We'll see you all next week.
3: Daddy, won't you
1: take me back to Muhlenberg County? Down by the Green River,
3: where paradise lay. I'm sorry, my son.